Done with two weeks of fantasy baseball. Welcome to the show. Adam Azer, Nando DeFino, Al Melchior with Scott White out of town for a few days. Al, you're stepping in. So are you going to be on the show five days this week? Or? I will be out Thursday. Uh, so you'll have uh, Scott on. Well, he's normally on Thursday. So you'll have Nando probably making a token Thursday appearance. Sounds right. good. I'll take it. I think I got a five-day week. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Maybe. No, probably not. we got to figure out the math. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, because it's me and Al No, I think Thursday, he's right. Because yeah, then... that's the only day Scott will be here. Right. And you'll be filling in for me on Thursday. So you're the uh, podcast Iron Man. All oh, Nando all the time. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It is Monday, April 16th. So the Red Sox and Rays are at 11.05 a.m. Eastern. Get your lineup set early. And because of that, we won't really be able to help people in weekly lineups all that much today. Or in weekly leagues, excuse me. If you are in daily leagues, we'll still give you some starter sit advice. And really, we'll just look at the weekend, who performed well, and tell you what we think about them going forward. We've got, we got a lot of young pitchers to talk about, like Liam Hendricks. Drew Pomerantz made his season debut. Uh, Kyle Drabeck is 2-0 and with a 1.42 ERA. Uh, also, we'll do three up, three down. Take your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. So you guys are one and one in the podcast league. That's really great. That's nice. I'm 2-0. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're treading water. Yeah, I'm 2-0. I don't count <laughs> these these early season debacles. It's a, late, it's a long season, I know, but they all That's count. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of flukes going on in the early season. Yeah. Who had the Dodgers as their sleeper team? Was it Nando? Was it you? Uh, no, you made fun of me for the Nationals, I believe. That's well, that all hazy. You, you got me on the spot and made me make selections. So hey, you're doing fine. Might well, be me because I, I, I did pick it, yeah. them second. Okay, then. but I think I also said something to the effect of that. You know, any, uh, everybody besides the Diamondbacks might be around 500. So it's not like I thought they were gonna, you know, be a 900 team this year. Well, they're nine and one. <laughs> they're playing great. And if the MVP were given out today, it would have to be Matt Kemp, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. How about manager of the year? That's our boy. Of course. Yeah, uh, Donnie Baseball. <laughs> First triple play for the Dodgers since 1998. They turned one yesterday. That was a weird, weird play. And uh, then they got the walk-off hit with D. Gordon. And, of course, Omar Infante, one home run at home already. How about that? <laughs> yep, uh, tied for the team lead. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the animation? I, I did, thanks to the wonders of my smartphone. Okay. I was on the road. I was out on the Gulf Coast uh, yesterday. So, I, uh, but fortunately, the Marlins radio network—they get get all the way out there. So uh, I listened to the game, but I was very disappointed I couldn't see it. So I went right to my smartphone, and like within two minutes, they had the glory of the uh, the home run sculpture in uh, streaming action. So it was awesome. Now give a shout out, man. You don't have to say smartphone. It was a droid. It was an iPhone. Oh, nice. It's uh, <laughs> not <laughs> like you're being unnecessarily coy about it. Let's go. I've got nothing to hide here. Let's go uh, with three up, three down in the rotation. Three up number one is Josh Hamilton. 390 batting average with four home runs. Only six RBIs. I guess a little fluky. Um, You'd think it'd be more with a 390 average of four home runs. But anyway, would you sell high on Josh Hamilton, Nando? I guess it depends if someone's buying him at 390. Well, no, I just... I think you know he's always going to get hurt. That's that's the thing with Hamilton is you can only expect him to play 135 games maybe. But who knows? This could be the season where he's healthy. He's obviously capable of not 390, but 319. I'd say a lot of power. Keep he's got that great lineup. Uh, I can test the market on him because, as Nando pointed out, I mean the, the only problem really with Hamilton is the missed time with injury. So if somebody's willing to pay for him as a number one outfielder. Um, you know, it's, it's worth taking because while he plays like a number one outfielder, his season stats don't add up to that level because of all the missed time. 
Three up number two is Jason Worth. He's batting three fifty with six RBIs after hitting two thirty two last season. And his manager, Davey Johnson, had an interesting theory on him. He said uh, there were some injuries on the Nationals last year, and Worth felt the weight of that, basically, and felt a, put a lot of undue pressure on himself, and it, and it reflected in his horrible season. Uh, are you buying this, Nando? A bounce-back year for Worth? Absolutely. I think if you look at the history of, of a lot of these players signing ridiculously large contracts, too, I mean, I'm sure that kind of compounded the, yeah, the was weight part of the of world it. on them. Um, Worth's capable of, a, you know, possibly 30-20 type numbers. With D, I don't know about the average, but I mean he's got he's got some power and speed. Orioles closer Jim Johnson is three up number three. Four saves has not allowed an earned run yet, Al, and he's owned in sixty six percent of leagues. Yeah, I, you know I like Johnson. He's probably not going to be the guy that's going to help you with strikeouts, but I mean you know the way that closers are biting the dust this year. I mean if you just get a guy who's reliable and decent and healthy, uh, that that almost makes him a stud. So uh, <laughs> you know Johnson's worth owning in uh, a lot more than just two thirds of our leagues. Obviously, you'd like him better than any of the Giants' replacement. Oh, definitely, because uh, that's probably a committee situation there, and it's not even clear if one guy's going to you know, get the, the bulk of uh, the opportunities, which one it's going to be. Nando and I were talking about this this morning. I think we're, we're both uh, a little in, bit in favor of uh, Sergio Romo. Yeah. But um, it, who knows? It's, it's like a lot of uh, these closer situations. It's sort of a crapshoot. We'll talk about that when we get to the injuries, news, and notes as Brian Wilson's out for the year, Jacoby Ellsbury out for a while, and much more coming up a little bit later. Three down, three down number one, talking about closers. Heath Bell, Al, he blew a save Saturday. His ERA is 12. Are you worried? Yeah, you know what else uh, Heath Bell blew? He blew his active roster spot in the podcast league. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> on the bench. He's on the bench. I, uh, well, I picked up Hector Santiago a few days ago to replace uh, Daniel Bard. And then over the weekend, I also, who did, I told you, who did I pick up? Now, I can't even remember. Um, An RP guy? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, this is embarrassing. But anyways, <laughs> he's on my bench. <laughs> okay. So are you going with a, with a relief pitcher or a starter with relief pitcher eligibility? I'm going with Bell? two relievers and... Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to just check real quick. Here oh, you picked Frank Francisco. Francisco, thank you yeah. very much. Too many leagues. I remember your team, Al. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, okay, so Heath Bell, you could you could justify sitting him right now. He, he, just his command's not been good. He doesn't look good out on the mound. He, I was thinking the same thing. I, I saw, and it's it's just all over the place. It's almost like he's, and I'm not a scout by any means, but almost like he's, sh- he's short-arming almost like a... It's weird. It's weird when you see like where he releases and where the ball's going. And yeah. It doesn't look like Heath Bell. No, not at all. Drew Stubbs has been terrible, hitting 167. Your thoughts, Nando? I'm not, I mean, I can't be worried. I, I don't think Drew Stubbs is going to hit 320, but he's not this bad. Okay. That, that's pretty much it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. I start mean, or sit this week? Uh, start him. My theory is if he's hitting 167 and he's a career, what, 270 hitter, you're going to get that week you know, where he blows up and gets the average back up. Let's talk about Kendrys Morales, three down number three. No RBIs in 30 at-bats. He gets the A's. And the Orioles this week. So he'll get guys like McCarthy and Cologne, Arietta, I think is on there. But not you know, not great, great pitchers here. What do you think about Morales this week and going forward, Al? A terrible start for him. It is a terrible start, but um and you know, because we haven't seen him play in such a long time, there's a little reason to be worried there. This could be a, a get well week for him because like you said, the pitching <laughs> pitching matchups are not overwhelming. I think the lack of RBIs can also some of that can be put on the Angels lineup and not just on uh Morales' own lack of production. So I, I do expect a rebound from him, but it could take a little while. 
Morales or Adam Dunn this week? He has Baltimore and then the back end of Seattle's rotation. I just generally trust Morales more. Um, both risky guys, but I, I'd take Morales. Morales or Ike Davis? Davis has tough matchups. Braves and Giants. Uh, let's see. Gun to the head. I'm, I'm taking Davis in spite of the matchups. Showing, showing a few signs of life now. Nando Davis or uh, or Kendrys Morales? Uh, I like Morales. I um, I, I don't know. It, it's very similar. Those are both guys who might be just shaking off some rust. Who would you rather yeah. have going forward? Rest of the year. Morales. Yeah, same here. Rotation time. You Darvish. I don't know if I would consider this a good start or not. One run in five and two-thirds, but nine hits and four walks. He worked out of a lot of trouble, and it came against the Twins. Thoughts? Yeah, um, not really impressed with Darvish in the first two starts. This one was a little bit better, but um, still having a lot of trouble finding the strike zone. And that, that can be an issue coming from Japan. Um, yeah. Different strike zone. You know, the ball is, is different. So it could take uh, Darvish a while to get comfortable. Starter sit? Uh, in a shallow league, I'd probably sit him. But in a standard 12-team mixed league, uh, I'd go ahead and give him another shot. Brian Mattis has lost 11 straight decisions, Nando. Are you ready to drop him, <laughs> or are you uh, still hopeful? I, will, I wasn't hopeful to begin with. I just want to point that out. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but Mattis, uh, I mean, you know, the lost thing is, look, Clayton Kershaw doesn't have any wins yet this year. Or Oldest Chapman has two, right? I mean, it's, wins and losses <laughs> just kind of come and go. Um, Mattis hasn't been terrible in these 11 straight decisions. He's just, he just happened to have lost them. Is he a mixed league guy for you? Not for me, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't not recommend him for someone else. He's just not. He doesn't fit my mold of <laughs> fantasy player. Yeah, he was pretty terrible in a lot of those uh, decisions last year, but yeah. uh, it, you know, seems to be coming back in, into form. Edwin Jackson. He is one of your type of guys. He now is. you love he Edwin is. Jackson. I do. You like uh, you like when he gets hot, and he's owned in seventy one percent of leagues. How about a complete game two hitter against the Reds with nine strikeouts? And I'm assuming you're going to start him this week against the Astros. Yeah, but be, know this: that Edwin Jackson after this game usually follows it with five and two thirds, eight hits, six <laughs> runs, and two strikeouts. Okay, but you'll still start him. I'll still start him because of this potential that he has. I, I, at the end of the rotation, obviously, where he's not, you know, my number one, obviously. Right. I like him. All right. Is it time to drop Phil Hughes? He's owned in 65 percent of leagues. Only started in 24 percent. And, uh, wow, it's getting ugly for Phil Hughes right now, especially with Pineda and Pettit in the future coming back. Yeah, I would worry about that, but I, I feel like it's too early to drop Hughes. And I do feel like as long as he's got a rotation spot, at minimum, he has potential as a matchups guy. And on uh, Fantasy Baseball 360, I don't know if you recall, because uh, we, we did our, we blur out. Did our yeah, I know, <laughs> just like I don't know who's on my own fantasy team. So, um, but you know, we talked about Hughes and how he's even in when he things have been going well for him, he's been lousy at Yankee Stadium, and he did it again. So, uh, you know, I think maybe again with some good matchups away from there, uh, he's worth starting in a in a standard league. I think he has Boston this week on the road. On the road, um, you know, I, if I needed a guy to fill out my rotation, I'd, I'd probably uh, give him a roll. Really? Yeah. I'd be worried. I hey, don't think I'd go anywhere near him. This is why we got these jobs, man. You want, you want to pick up a guy who's, you know, 24% started at a value. Yeah, but against at Boston, look what they just did to some very good Rays pitchers. I mean, he's not Jeremy Hellickson, and he's not. I'd rather have Hellickson or Moore over Phil Hughes. Yeah, I would too. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I want to qualify. I say, you know, uh, give him a chance. I mean, there's so many good two-start guys this week. You probably don't need him, but I'm just saying if, if your roster is in such a situation that, you know, if you got Hughes already rostered, you know, versus going to the waiver wire, probably I'm yeah. going to like Hughes better than, than my alternatives. Brian Mattis. 
Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I took the Azer. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, no. I encourage that. <laughs> I don't want to be the only one thinking of me. You know, you're going to be on the podcast this week so much, you might as well lighten the rest of our loads, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'll start we'll doing do a that. little bit of everything. You can do the notes tomorrow if you'd like. <laughs> uh, Gladly. Matt Harrison's 2-0 and with an 0-6-4 ERA. Not a lot of strikeouts. Seven in 14 innings. He's owned in 71% of leagues. You're buying this Nando. Matt Harrison. Uh, you know, Sure. I'm buying that only seven strikeouts in 14 innings is exactly where Matt Harrison should be. Owned in 71% of leagues seems about right. Uh, 2-0, and fine. The 0.64 ERA is not going to last. Yeah. But I could see, you know, a 3.50-ish. You know, last year he had his ERA, I think it was under three for for a big chunk of the year. And, and I kept saying it's not going to last, it's not going to last. But he is doing the two things this year that he did a lot of last year, which is getting a lot of ground balls, like a lot more this year, actually, and not walking very many guys. So, if, you know, if, if he can keep that up, um, I think it would be under a three. Oh. Yeah. Matt Harrison. On to the injuries, news, and notes. So Brian Wilson almost certainly out for the season. The replacements being talked about, Santiago Casillas, Sergio Romo, Javier Lopez. They could explore a trade. Um, we like Jim Johnson better than any of these guys. So, again, it's a, it's a committee situation. And if you two could have one uh, Giants reliever, you'd say it'd be Sergio Romo? Yeah. yeah we were working that out off, off air yeah. before, before the show. <laughs> well, take us through that just conversation, Nando. No, how did that Well, go? actually, it was Al who had the best point. I mean, I could just say I like him better, but Al said last year when Castillo was getting those chances. Well, right. Well, I mean, not so much a point in favor of Romo, but just that a lot of, a lot of what we have been seeing online is saying, well, Casilla is the, the, the lead guy because he stepped in for Wilson late last season, but Romo was injured at that point. And I just, we'll never know for sure, but I just think if Romo had been healthy, he would have been getting those uh, save opportunities instead of Casilla. So. If one guy emerges there, could be a very good situation. So sure, yeah. Worth taking a shot on. But you're going to, I mean, it's guesswork at this point. Yes. You're going you're gonna to get lucky and you're going to tell your friends you're a genius, but really, it's probably because someone grabbed Cassie. You're like, all right, I'm going to grab Romo then. Jacoby Ellsbury out maybe a month and a half with a shoulder injury. And let's talk about who's replacing him. We saw Jason Repko. You figure Darnell McDonald's value would go up. What do you make of the Red Sox outfield right now? Really a mess, and uh, they also called up, and, and I'm not even going to attempt the first name, I'm not even sure I remember, but uh, a minor leaguer named Chen, or not Chen, I'm sorry, Lin. Okay. Like Jeremy. Like Jeremy. But Lin. Not they Jeremy. called up Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Why> <laughs> insanity not? in Boston. Why not? But, um, yeah, no, I mean, they don't really have good options. I think they're going to have to go somewhere uh, for some external options. I can't even begin to speculate, you know, who that might be. I don't think it's going to be anybody really high-end. I saw somewhere they were saying maybe get Scott Pitsednik out of the, uh, I think it's the Phillies farm system. So, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. So even when you're talking about trade options, they're not very good options. And don't forget what Scott Pitsednik did, what, two years ago? Just randomly showed up for the White Sox and had one of the greatest seasons of his career. Yeah, I mean, if he could do that again, then you you got something in fantasy. But, uh, yeah, nothing to go and and run out and uh, pursue right now, I would say. Well, so far, one guy whose value seems to be going up because of this injury is Mike Avila's because he has been leading off. You figure he'll score more runs, but he's also homered twice in a row in the leadoff spot. Uh, what do you think about Avila's right now? Love it. I'm not changing anything. I loved him. From, I said 30 home run potential before the season. I'm sticking by that. He's, he's like a perfect. Him and Cody Ross are like just, you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, those, they're Red Sox. They're dirt dogs, you know? <laughs> okay. That they could transform just, you know, not a, not a pedestrian hitter, but someone with the potential to hit 30 home runs. Into, into a, a solid 30 home run hitter. 
Brandon Inge is off the DL. What does that do to the Tigers infield? It probably gives Ryan Rayburn more days off. And other than that, I don't see too much of an impact there. Matt Carpenter is owning 30% of leagues. He is really hitting well for the Cardinals right now. But, of course, Freeze and Berkman will get healthy, and he'll be back on the bench. But, you know, Freeze and Berkman, they could end up on the DL at some point this year. Is Carpenter worth having? I'm not. Just because of that. Just because of the situation. If he had a different situation, maybe. But it was just going to be squeezed out. I don't see anywhere for him to play. I don't think you can put Berkman in the outfield anymore. To no. make room. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> B.J. Upton could return toward the end of Fantasy Week 3. And keep an eye on Jason Bay, Carlos Gonzalez, Carlos Beltran, Freeze, and Berkman. They all have minor injuries. Worth monitoring if you can hear this podcast before 11 o'clock comes around and you have to set your lineup. So we had a lot of young pitchers who either made their first start of the year or their second start of the year uh, over the weekend. And I just wanted to kind of go through it. Get your thoughts on these guys. Liam Hendricks limited the Rangers to one run on seven hits in six innings. He is owning 5% of leagues now, and he's at Tampa Bay this week. Well, it's impressive that he did that against the Rangers first start of the season. And if I remember correctly, I think coming off of food poisoning, yeah. although yep. uh, probably all better now. But and he um, did not strain his abdominal from the food poisoning. That's right. Not like some pitchers. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a nice start from Hendricks. Um, and that's kind of a, a typical line that you'll get from him, which is, you know, seven hits in six innings. He's a contact guy. He'll give up hits, but also doesn't walk a lot of guys, um, pitching in Minnesota, probably not going to give up a lot of home runs, but I, I think he's risky outside of AL only. I think he's going to be the sort of guy who'll turn into performance like this and give up six runs the next time out. Drew Pomeranz threw a hundred pitches in four and a third. Nine hits, five runs against Arizona. Disappointing. He's at Milwaukee this week, Nando. What do you think about Pomerantz? I like him. I'm a, Al proselytizes about Drew Pomerantz a lot. So <laughs> he's kind of won me over. You know, you go and you look at more and of his minor league this. numbers. And then he, well, come on. This is actually this is, one, this is what we wanted. This 42% ownership, you know, for, for Drew Pomerantz is kind of high. Maybe people will see it. They'll cast him off and we can grab him in some leagues. Not giving up on him. Not giving up on him. Excellent. Risky this week, though, at Milwaukee. I would uh, say so. And not only, obviously, he's fine, but did not crack the top 70. So No. Preview. No, wait, it's not a preview. It's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luis Mendoza, not a young pitcher, but he was roughed up, which could be good news for a young pitcher. Danny Duffy, zoning in 40% of leagues. And we keep an eye on that rotation. But you wrote about Duffy this week, did you not? Uh, I did, yeah. And one of the things I pointed out about him is that since uh, – Somewhere in the middle of last season, I think it might have been July 1, uh, he has a strikeout rate of close to one batter per inning. It's like 8.2 per nine innings, uh, which is obviously outstanding. But the, uh, the command for Duffy's been spotty. But, uh, you know, in the minor leagues, pretty decent command. So, I mean, it, this is a guy who uh, sometime this season could figure everything out and, and become really an instant stud. But it's, you know, it's speculative at this point. Danny Duffy doesn't sound like a strikeout name, though. You think Danny Duffy? Well, that's part of yeah. yeah. He does kind of part sound of his like seven strikeouts in fourteen innings. Yeah, he's a sneaky <laughs> strikeout guy. He is. He is. I'm going to read the rest of this list, and you tell me: mixed league guy or league only guy? Kyle Drabeck, two and zero, one point four two ERA. Uh, AL only, but uh, scout him in mixed leagues. A um, couple more starts like this, I, I will start to believe. Starter sit at Kansas City. Uh, sit this week. Adam Wilk. Allowed two runs on three hits. Two of them were home runs in five innings. 
Um, and uh, his next start is against Texas. Thoughts? I think he's ale only at this point. I mean, his his rotation spot is a little tenuous too. It's it might be gone by the time uh, what's his name Fister, comes back. Yeah. yeah, Fister comes back. Yeah, which is maybe still a couple of weeks away. But uh, I think Wilk has the potential to really get creamed by the Rangers this week. Not a good start. <laughs> Hector Noesi, one great start against the A's, one terrible start at Texas. Mixed league guy, Nando. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by it. I think he's a mixed league guy, but I think he's you know obviously an AL only guy. But definitely has some mixed league potential at the very end of your rotation. Lance Lynn, two and zero with a one point five zero ERA um, at Pittsburgh this week. What do you think about him, Al? Uh, didn't have him in the top seventy this week, but if there hadn't been so many good two start guys, he probably would have would have edged in there. So uh, as long as Lynn's uh, in and Carpenter's still out, uh, I, I think he is uh, a mixed league viable guy. And Padres starting pitcher Joe Whelan struggled against the Dodgers. Six earned runs in five innings. He gave up three home runs. He has the Phillies this week. And uh, mixed league guy or league only, Nando? I think he's league only. And not to be confused with Kyle Weiland. Yes. In the meantime, yeah. That's, that's Actually, I think it's Whelan for Joe and Weiland for Kyle. Well, whatever it is. I think so. Thanks. Thanks. Pronunciation snob. <laughs> Adam Azer. That's the way I heard it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I'd put him actually right on the same level. Both Whelan's are look pretty much the same to me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's uh, look at Scott's hit parade. So his column's up, and he's got recommended starts and sits at each position. And uh, we'll start out with the catchers, shall we? Catcher this week for Fantasy Week 3, your sleepers, A.J. Perzinski. I think we talked about that last week, but good matchups in terms of the righty-lefty splits. And your bust for the week is J.P. Aaron Sibia. We also said that despite Mike Napoli's struggles, you're going to want to start him this week. So we move on to first base. And uh, the bust for this week is Adam Lind. We did some starter sit with Morales, with Ike Davis, with Adam Dunn. But Adam Lind is the kind of guy you're going to want to sit this week. And uh, moving on to second base, start Ryan Rayburn this week. Bust for Fantasy Week 3, Al Omar Infante. Interesting. I think uh, we said something similar on the podcast uh, late last week. I mean, obviously no signs of slowing down. Maybe uh, setting off the home run sculpture will just, uh, you know, further motivate him. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it could be a down week for Infante. Okay. So you're not going to ride the hot hand necessarily? Uh, no. Avilas or Infante? Uh, yeah, Avilas. Oh, I'm I'm Avilas. Although I do like I have I pulled Infante as a dollar player in uh, in Tat Wars and very good. Just on a whim, I didn't realize he's be hitting four home runs in the first two weeks. <laughs> Nobody did. Third base, your sleeper for this week is Ryan Roberts. Your bust for this week is Mike Mustakas. How long before you put Mustakas on your bench? He's been struggling. He's been on my bench. I I mean, well, because I have Avilas. So, oh, <laughs> but, but uh, it's uh, I, he's he's benchable. I don't think he's droppable just yet. Although I don't think anyone's going to run out to pick him up if you do drop him. Uh, Jed Lowry is back off the DL. That's good news at shortstop. Uh, Rafael Fercal is Scott's bust this week, um, and uh, Scott says he's kicking Fercal while he's down. So Fercal not not playing very well right now. And we go to the outfield. Sleepers this week, Alejandro Deaza and Josh Willingham. And bust this week, Logan Morrison and Yoenis Cespedes. Thoughts, anyone? Yeah, no, I think those are really good uh, bust picks uh, for the outfield. Uh, Morrison, if for no other reason, he's playing about every other day. Um, he hasn't really played very well either. So, um, you know, and Cespedes, uh, after a couple of early home runs, hasn't really been doing a whole lot. So, yeah, I think those guys could both be quiet. 
One guy that – a few guys that uh, that Scott advises is at starts, Shinsu Chu. Feel good about him? He's been, eh, not so great. Yeah. No, in fact, he was a guy, if you recall, uh, I think right before the season started, I said I was a little worried about him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he's off to a cool start has me maybe slightly more worried. Michael Kadire, advisable start this week. Yeah. I th- well, I mean, I think Kadire was, was a pretty chic pick. A lot of drafts went kind of high because the whole Colorado thing play every day. So start him. Should we start him every week? I think he's making it count. Shaky starts this week. Uh, Delman Young, Kadir or Young? Uh, I'm a Delman Young guy. That's, that is that's very even, but I do like I like Delman Young. Okay, um, David Murphy. I know you like him. He's a shaky start according to Scott. Yeah, that's you know, every man's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Coco Crisp is in cold. Has been cold. I think we talked about him last week. Uh, tough matchups for the A's, so Chris might be a pretty good one to start uh, to sit this week. And uh, we'll do some more pitchers. What do you think about these guys, Al? Max Scherzer at Kansas City this week, started in 58% of leagues. Uh, you know, this, the top 70 is more or less a rough guideline of start or sit in a standard mixed league because that's you know typically about how many guys are, are in there, including some bench spots. And in the end, I decided to give him one of the final spots. So hey, he made it. He made it. Um, Last one in. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he's he's got the Royals um, in Kansas City. Not that you uh, know, somebody gave me some heat for this on a message board. Oh, the Royals are a good, aren't a good uh, matchup now. Yeah. No, they're a good hitting team. But it's for a pitcher like Scherzer, who usually when he gets beat, it's by the long ball. That ballpark's going to help him. Jake Peavy, owning seventy six percent of leagues, started in forty one. Pitched well against Detroit. Now he's home against Baltimore. I honestly don't know about Jake Peavy anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I take a chance with him on my team. But when I get asked the question about Jake Peavy, I'm like, you know, he, he's kind of erratic. You know, the injury concern isn't even there anymore for me. It's more like, you know, which Jake, you're going to have Jake Peavy on your bench doing what he did last week. So you start him this week, and then he'll blow up again. So I'd like to see Jake Peavy do at least two more of these in a row before I'm starting him. Jeff Samarge is 2-0. and but he did not pitch well against St. Louis, and now he's at the Marlins. He's owning 71% of leagues. People bought in, but only started in 30%. What are you advising? Yeah, and no, I would sit him um, because, again, this uh, transition to starting for Samarja is one that's probably going to have a, a lot of bumps. I'm not sure where the, the final destination is going to be. I mean, the, the excitement over him sort of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Drabeck a year ago, and that didn't end well. So um, not to say that that's what's going to happen with Samarja, but I think we do have to temper our expectations. And 71% ownership rate for me is, is way too high. Three guys who are owned in roughly the same amount of leagues, between 45 and 55%. Ted Lilly, who was very good coming off the DL Saturday. R.A. Dickey, who's off to an excellent start, 2-0, with a 2.08 ERA. And Bartolo Colon, who has faced the Mariners three times this year. That's kind of weird. Ted Lilly, R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon. Rank them. Uh, Colon, Dickey, Lilly. I like that. Dickey, Colon, Lilly. Okay, explain. Dickie over Cologne, why? <laughs> Dickie's just, he's been really good, you know, and he's, uh, he's underrated consistently. And again, I mean, it seems like we say this, or I say this several times every day on the podcast, but it's just not a strikeout guy. He gets overlooked, but he does everything else really well. Doesn't walk guys, gets ground ball outs, doesn't give up long, you know, extra base hits. There's a lot to like there. And the, and the Mets are even winning. Yes, they are. Nando, why do you like Cologne over Dickey? Um, I just Cologne right now. I, I think 
before he gets injured or whatever kind of <laughs> yeah badness befalls him. Uh, pitching that bigger park, I think his home starts are going to be great. Um, he was great with the Yankees last year before he got hurt right at the start. So I'm just kind of looking at Cologne like he's still got a little gas left in the engine. Juan Nicasio was bad Friday. He has the Padres, though, this week. 31% ownership, only 12% of owners are starting him. Nicasio. Yeah, I think more often than not, he's he's a viable start. This is a week, again, with the, the, the many, many two-start pitchers where you're probably going to have better options and sit him. But he could sit or start this week, um, depending on your options. And who's buying? Jake Westbrook, 2-0, 0.64 ERA. Those are Matt Harrison-type numbers. <laughs> but only four strikeouts in 14 innings instead of seven. Uh, he's at Pittsburgh this week. Starter sit Westbrook, Nando. Start. He had a – you know, we do the updates um, – for the players, you know, those player updates yes. are written by real people. <laughs> um, Jake Westbrook was one of the ones who I, I had, and I just started taking a deeper and deeper look at him during spring training, and he had a tremendous spring training. He really did. So and I think I, it a little bit? I'm buying, I think when you're at that level, I was at one of those starts, uh, very surpri- pleasantly surprised by uh, how sharp he was. It's, I mean, he's not a strikeout guy. I don't care at this point. I think he, he's one of those, he'll give you a good ERA and whip uh, you know, for, for a large amount of the season. I don't know. What was your scouting report on Jake Westbrook? Uh, no, I mean, he was terrific. Uh, just, uh, sorry, he, uh, <laughs> Westbrook uh, had really good command of strikes on that day, and of course, always a good ground ball pitcher. So um, the only thing I worry about him is the, uh, is the uh, uh, inconsistency that he's shown. And would you, have, would you rather have a Westbrook or Detweiler? Oh, I'd rather have Westbrook. Westbrook or Liam Hendricks? I'd rather have Westbrook. Kyle Drabeck. I'd rather have Drabeck because at this point I'm more enticed by the upside. This Drabeck thing is, is actually totally awesome, I think. Because every number in the minor leagues, even his major league little bits and pieces, the last few years, he had a 7-something ERA in the PCL. And now all of a sudden, this is the Kyle Drabeck that is like the legend. Like everyone was talking about Kyle Drabeck. He was, you know, he's a great trade prospect and everything. And, and now he's, he's kind of come into this with, with zero proof that he can do it. That's what makes it. Like, you're, we're just going on the words of like scouts, and general managers, and stuff who've yeah. who've seen this guy as a prospect who carried a seven something ERA last year in Las Vegas. It's <laughs> impressive. I mean, he was okay in like Double A New Hampshire the year before, but I, I just I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. I like it. All right, he's confusing, Keep and I love an eye it. on him. He's definitely a guy to scout. Let's go to the emails. Fantasy baseball at cbsinteractive.com. Please, please put podcast in the subject line. Here's Hickory Hacker from Kentucky. Good morning, gentlemen, and Nando. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I grabbed Bedard off the waiver wire for his two-start week at Arizona, home against St. Louis. I'm starting to doubt the move. I would have to sit one of these two players to get Bedard into the lineup. One-start Garza at Miami and Cahill home against Atlanta. Would you drop one of these for Bedard in a 12-team points league? It's a 12-team league, and he's... I mean, there's got to be two other pitchers there besides Garza and Cahill who he's sitting, right? Yeah, and uh, well, let's say no. Yeah, all right, we'll say <laughs> we'll I take mean, his word for yeah, it. Yeah, you can, you got to believe Hickory Hacker here. You know, I'm, I'm jaded by Bedard. I, I love him, so maybe Al's a good guy to answer this question. I think you yeah, know I'm, I'm having a, a tougher. I, look, I, I really like Bedard too. When I when you started off with the email, and he says he's starting to doubt the move. I'm like, why would you doubt this move? This is a great move. But uh, Gar- no, I wouldn't drop Garza for Bedard. I think I probably would Cahill, but I have to admit that's a, that's a move that maybe would come back to bite you because Bedard could get hurt, and then and <laughs> Cahill could you know make the next step, and then you know you're you're unhappy. But I I, I would take the risk and, and drop Cahill. 
Dan in New York. One suggestion. Can, Na- can Nando do more impressions? I loved his Liriano. <laughs> it wasn't an impression. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> Al was asking me about it before. That wasn't an impression. That's just I, the voice. I'd I... like to hear you do the rest of the Twins rotation. I'd like to hear a Liam Hendricks <laughs> or maybe Liam, a Jason Marquis. I don't think Liam Hendricks has lied about his shoulder injury from last year yet and used as an excuse for poor performance. It's, it, was, it was the dishonesty impression. That's what it, it is. It was the dishonesty <laughs> voice. It's an overall dishonesty impression. Well, the question here is, uh, I have Mike Leake in a 12-team head-to-head mixed league. Should I drop him for Henderson Alvarez or Danny Duffy? Mm. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I probably wouldn't for, Hender- for Henderson Alvarez. As much as I do like him, I think he's still a guy that you can probably you know, pick up uh, later on. Duffy's a little more intriguing. You know what? I've just talked myself out of it. No, Leak is <laughs> the, the the two young the the two less experienced guys, Alvarez Duffy. Um, just a little harder to trust. So I'd stick with uh, boring vanilla Mike Leak. I'm gonna go with Duffy on this one. Um, Leak. I mean, he does get a very low whip. Mm-hmm. And last year, before you know the injury and before the accusations of, uh, of shoplifting some of those <laughs> shirts. He was actually doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just, and it's close, but I think Duffy, there's something I like about Duffy. I think if he puts it all together, he's going to be very dangerous. Steve from Philly. Don't know if you've discussed it yet, but what do you think of the Marlins home run doohickey? We did kind of discuss it. I hate it, but I haven't seen it in action. Have you, Nando? No, but I think it's awesome. I mean, I've seen the YouTube video and you what it looks it's like. awesome. Yeah. Come on, man. That's not the word I would use. For, for someone to think, like, we're going to put this thing in center field with fish going around and water sprouting up every time someone hits a home run. That's that's brilliant. I think it's quite absurd. You know, I, I hope someday I can watch that and just think it's cool just, you know, on its own merits. But right now, just the, for the, the kind of the kitsch value of it, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. It's brilliant in its absurdity. Yeah. The, well, very well put. <laughs> yeah. Here's the question from Steve. Someone is overreact- overreacting and dropped Ackley in one of my leagues. I'm thinking about putting in a waiver claim. I'm using Avila's until Utley gets back. Do you prefer Ackley or Utley rest of season? Or Avilas? Man. Dropped Ackley. Yeah, I do prefer Ackley to Utley rest of season. I do that too. But I think I might put Avilas. I don't know. I, I, might, I might be crazy with my love for Avilas. I don't know. If I can use Avilas as my shortstop, then yeah, that's great. But uh, to, no, to use him at second, right? That's not just this is in the middle infield spot. So no, uh, it's Ackley's the guy. Ackley over both of them. Yes. A couple more. Ray Tipman in San Francisco, 10-team head-to-head league. This is a funny one. Uh, my starting rotation is Tim Lincecum, Zach Granke, Madison Bumgarner, Hugh Darvish, Daniel Hudson, and Corey Lubke. The rotation for my opponent last week was Barry Zito, Jake Westbrook, Carlos Zambrano, Colby Lewis, Gavin Floyd, and Derek Holland. I don't think I would trade a single one of my pitchers for a single one of his pitchers, and yet I lost every single pitching category. How worried should I be on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10? <laughs> the, the, the beauty of fantasy sports, huh? There it is, right there. Yep. I'm assuming with that pitching staff that his opponent had, he also lost every hitting category, too. Because you've got to have that value You're right. You've got to have great hitters yeah. <laughs> to have that pitching i got to wait for Barry Zito. Let me just take hitters with my first 30 picks. Well, his rotation is Lincecum, Granke, Bumgarner, Darvish, Hudson, Lubke. How worried should he be? Uh, well, we talked about Lincecum twice last week, so um, and I'm still in the less panic mode over him. So I, I think Lincecum will be fine. Granke blew up. He'll be fine. Uh, I do worry a little bit about Darvish, but no, overall, I really like his pitching staff. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no uh, reason to make any changes right now. I'm with him. It's like a two out of ten. 
Adrian in North Carolina. First off, love Nando's addition to the podcast. Oh. And Nando, oh. I share your Shelly Duncan love in my eight-team <laughs> AL-only 5x5 five five league. He's on the waiver wire, but I haven't been able to pull the trigger on Duncan over Luke Scott, who I can't believe isn't getting every day at bats, and Andy Dirk, who does get every day at bats, and I just kind of like. With five outfielders in AL only, I think all these guys should be owned, but I don't want to miss out on Duncan. Thoughts? You know, Duncan, he's playing every day until this Johnny Damon wild card gets thrown into the mix. So Luke Scott's getting hot right now. Um, I think he's going to start playing a little more. He looked he looked really good in the Boston, well, at least the game that I saw in Boston through hungover eyes yesterday. <laughs> like you were in Boston. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think Duncan, man, I, you hate to see him on the waiver wire, but, I, I mean, I can make a case for both of these, but it won't be a 100% case that you should be dropping Scott or Dur- I guess I'd drop Scott for Duncan, but I'd be worried that this is the week where Scott hits, you know, four home runs, and I'm uh, giving bad advice. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Scott over Duncan. I would definitely go for Dirks over Duncan because Duncan, as we've talked about, probably going to lose some major playing time within two weeks. Right. Dirks, I think, is, is there for the duration. Um, in my, one of my AL-only leagues, I have Duncan starting in a utility spot, and I tried and failed to pick up Ryan Sweeney uh, with the free agent claim uh, to replace Duncan. So that's kind of where my thinking is going. I would prefer Sweeney to Duncan. I would probably prefer Dirks to Sweeney. It's all playing time. Stupid Johnny Damon. He should be on the Red Sox. If you would have waited two days, yeah, right. yeah, if you would have waited two days, that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Probably would have been a slightly bigger story if he signed with the Red Sox. <laughs> Although he yeah. shot down that trade a couple of years ago when yep. he was with Detroit to go back to the Red Sox, he said no, thank you. Well, he and uh, was it Luke Scott who ripped Fenway? Yes, it was. Oh, it was. Yeah. That's By right. the way, Luke Scott had, he shaved his beard like Wolverine. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. It's awesome. We were sitting there. <laughs> we had the sound down. And we're sitting there, and you know, this guy comes up to the plate, and he turns his head. And you see the the, the chin's shaved. That's <laughs> the Wolverine haircut, and Luke Scott has it. So, all right, we're back tomorrow with uh, these two jokers again, right? Yeah. All right, looking I'm forward here. to it. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>